You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica. What is going on? What is going on? Yesterday was Mother's Day. True. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to my mom and your mom and all the moms and and me. Yes, it was a great day. Um, And what else is new? We had our groundbreaking official Vieira campus groundbreaking ceremony on Cinco de Mayo. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. Love it. It's awesome to be in that place. Okay. I have a thing. I have a thing. Cinco de Mayo. Post in a chat or in a comment, and you're not allowed to look it up. No cheating, no Googling, no Yahooing, no binging, Yahooing. no whatevering <laughs> that you you do, no asking Siri, no asking Google. Why do people celebrate Cinco de Mayo? Post, in, post down somewhere, post on the Facebook, post on YouTube. I just want to know if you know. Interesting. Interesting. I don't, I think that I know that, but I'm now I'm wondering if I don't know. Well, I'm going to have to look it up later. Yeah. So if we answer the question, then... You won't. Yeah. Okay. You know. So you're on your so own. Good luck. You're on your own. Good luck. So if it, if this is your first time with us... This you got to is... guess. You can't look it up. Yes. You've made that abundantly clear. Very clear. Very clear. All right. This is Morning Breath, and this is where we take one chapter of the Bible, and we read it together, and then we just share what God has breathed on it, hence the name Morning Breath. And if this is your first time with us, thank you for joining us. And this is a video cast on Monday. It's also on the radio on Monday through Friday. And we have been in Luke, the Gospel of Luke. We're in Luke chapter 13 today. Anything else that we need to say? ECCC.us is our website. And if you're local, if you're in Brevard County, we have four locations for church as well as online if you're anywhere else. So we would love to have you join us for that as well. That's right. I did it all. You did it all. Got it. All right. So we have been doing a question. And now what's funny is I think it was last week, the week before, our question is what is our greatest pet peeve? Very funny. You should go watch it. I believe it was last last Monday. But what's not funny is that one of my pet peeves was um, being put on speakerphone. And what I have found, and this is so like the Lord, I have been using speakerphone all week. Like I, I you put have it out there. Your own. <laughs> I have betrayed peeves. myself. Yes. Your own peeves. My own peeves have been betrayed. That's so, God is trying to grow you. I know. And I'm like, every time I do it, I'm like, what am I doing? One but day, then, one day you're literally just going to be walking around on speakerphone like with your uh, phone at your lips like this. And I'm going to be the bane of my own existence. Exactly. I'm going to take a picture of it when you do that. Well, I'm going to try to just be like, okay, I don't have any more pet peeves because I don't <laughs> Yeah, want... I do. Being super rich. I hate, oh, me I would too. hate I being hate, a billionaire. I'd hate that. Ugh. Ugh, be the worst. I hate Having a lot of Bitcoin, that would be so annoying. I'd hate to have like five whole Bitcoin. Yeah, I hate, would hate that. That would be awful. Okay, cool. That's what, that, we're going to change <laughs> Did you hear our tone. Did you hear that, Lord? Did you hear that, Just kidding. Are you there? <laughs> yes. Okay. Moving on. Our question for today. Lindsey Brown, again, bringing the question. Come on, Lindsay. What, what is the best piece of advice? My hair, I'm messing with my hair a lot. If you're on the radio, you're not seeing it. If you're on yeah, the video cast, you're on. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to stop. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? What? So hard, right? But I know mine already because I know the question ahead of time. So you want me to do mine first? Yeah. Okay. I think the best piece of advice that I've ever been given is the way in which you talk with your tone. Mm. So when you're asking your husband to pick up his socks 
for the 97,557th time, because it never happens, I could say, could you please pick up your socks like that? And then what what would follow that? What's the unspoken term after that? Maybe like you idiot. Like what would you call them? Right. Like To match your tone. Right. So, or, hey, honey, or hey. Could you please pick up your socks? Honey. Honey, right? The unspoken uh, word after yeah. the words. What would you call them after the tone that yes. matches your tone? So that is really good advice, and my mom taught me that. Mm. Thanks, Mom. And I taught you that when we got married. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the that was one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given. Yeah. I would actually agree. As far as like good advice, I mean, that's hard like overall just because there's so many different things that you can do, but I'll just go with one that um, – be a better listener uh, than than speaker. Like then what you're saying versus what you're hearing. Be a better listener more than what you're saying because the best communicators are actually listening to what's being said in a conversation. A lot of times you're just thinking about what you're going to say next. Like what I was doing just then. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times you're thinking about what you're going to say next instead of actually listening to what the other person said. And when you're listening chances are you'll say something better after that. You'll actually respond to what's going on in the conversation. Yeah. You can actually adapt that out in a lot of other ways too. Leaders always are looking ahead. They're making choices for what's coming. Leaders look forward. They look ahead. They're actually listening. Their fingers are on the pulse of the world. And because they're listening to what's going on, they're listening to the problems, they're, they're hearing the successes, they're hearing solutions, they're, they're working through all of that. And then they communicate. Rather than just spewing out what's in your mind, listen to what's going on around you. So I thought that was one of the better things I heard a long time ago, and it's helped me a ton. I'm not I always hear, that great at I it. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. It's really good. Perfect. I listened. That was really good. Okay. Um, so we're in Luke chapter 13, and I am going to read maybe all of it, depending on how long it is. It goes to 59. No, it doesn't. It goes to 35. Oh, wait. That was chapter 12. Sorry. Okay. It goes to 35. I'll read it all. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Here we go. Read. Just at that time, some people came who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate, the governor, had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus replied to them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they have suffered in this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, and live changed lives, you will all likewise perish. Or do you assume that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed were worse sinners than all the others who live in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, and live changed lives, you will all likewise perish." Then he began telling them this parable. parable. A certain man had a fig tree that had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the vineyard keeper, For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and have found none. Cut it down. Why does he even use up the ground, depleting the soil and blocking the sunlight? But he replied to him, Let alone, sir, just one more year until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit after this, fine, but if not, cut it down. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who for 18 years had had an illness caused by a spirit, demon. She was bent double and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are released from your illness. Then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she stood erect again, and she began glorifying and praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, There are six days in which work ought to be done, so come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. 
dumb. But the Lord replied to him, You hypocrites, play actors, pretenders. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? And this woman, a daughter, descendant of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he was saying this, all his opponents were being humiliated, and the entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things that were being done by him. So this led him to say, What is the kingdom of God like, and to what shall I compare it? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his own garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky found shelter and nested in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three peck measures of flour until it was all leavened. Jesus journeyed on through cities and villages, teaching and making his way toward Jerusalem, and someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved from the penalties of the last judgment? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, force aside unbelief and the attractions of sin. For many, I tell you, will try to enter by their own works and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and closes the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door again and again, saying, Lord, open to us, and he will answer you, I do not know where you're from, for you're not of my household." Then you'll begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence and taught in your streets. But he will say to you, I do not know where you're from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. In that place there will be weeping and sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth and distress and anger. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves being thrown out and driven away. And people will come from east and west and north and south, and they'll sit down and feast at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last." At that very hour, some Pharisees came up and said to him, Leave and go away from here, because Herod Antipas wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, that sly, cowardly man, Listen carefully. I cast out demons and perform healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I reach my goal. Nevertheless, I must travel on today and tomorrow and the day after that, for it cannot be that a prophet would die outside of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones to death those messengers who are sent to her by God? How often I've wanted to gather your children together around me, just as a hen gathers her young under her wings, but you were not willing. Listen carefully, your house is left to you desolate, abandoned by God, and destitute of his protection. And I say to you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed, to be celebrated with praise is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's good. Um, so I I have a few things. Do you want to go first? No, you want no, me to start? You start. Okay. So um, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues in verse 10, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could not raise herself up. So I love this because this is, this is hard for us to process. So there's a spirit causing sickness that is actually causing her to be bent over and her body is actually uh, contorted, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a spirit causing it, but her body is sick. And so... Here's what I think a lot of people um, tend to struggle with, and they they kind of fall on one side or the other, and it's it's hard to strike balance um, because I think it is a little confusing, and it's hard for the natural mind to comprehend, and it's mm-hmm. hard for the spiritual mind to process sometimes. Uh, let me say, I say spiritual mind, but spiritual influenced by over uh, over religiousized thinking doctrines that are not godly doctrines. And so here's the thing: is she sick because of the spirit of infirmity? Uh, is she just sick like, and needs like medicine? Does medicine help or does casting out the demon help? And so here's what ends up happening is some people are just all in on medicine. Like they don't know anything about the spirit of God. They don't know anything about healing. They don't know how to pray for things. And their go-to is medicine. Their go-to is doctor. Their go-to is therapy, rehab, uh, even uh, an illness like of the mind. So we have anxiety and depression and we have other 
mental illnesses, things where our mind is sick, where we're having trouble in our brain. And I'll add this too, uh, especially Christians and society in general doesn't know how to handle mental illnesses as well as they know how to handle body illnesses like Mm -hmm. broken arms, broken elbows. If your brain is broken, a lot of times you're cast out of the Christian community. But in society in general, you're cast out too, where we throw people in, you know, away in funny farm, the funny farm, you're off, you go, straight jacket, get out of here, yeah, hide, 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 right? So here's the thing. When our brain is sick and we're dealing with depression, anxiety, is that a spiritual thing? Is that a physical thing? When our body is sick, when we have a dislocated joint where we're bent over, scoliosis, we've got names for all this stuff, right? Are is it a spiritual thing or is it a physical thing? Um and and so I mentioned the people who only go to the doctor. But then there's a whole other group of people that only go to the Lord, right? They only pray about it. Mm-hmm. And they feel condemned when they're not experiencing complete and utter health because they feel like they are not praying hard enough or they're not doing something right or God doesn't love them enough or whatever. And so their spiritual strength isn't strong enough is what they're thinking. And so then they feel the sense of condemnation. They feel the sense where uh, they're lacking something, uh, some revelation of God, or they didn't read their Bible enough or anything like that. And so which is it? Is it spiritual or is it natural? And the thing is, it's actually both. Yeah. And the Bible accounts for both from the beginning to the end. Yeah. If you look, eating healthy uh, keeps us healthy, right? Right. Um it actually heals our bodies. God gives us natural things. There's natural medicines. In the Bible, there's a medicine that you can take for your stomach. Take a little wine for your stomach, right? Different things like that. Um, but then there is a spiritual world that is behind these things. And so what I would like what I like to say and think about is I want to do everything I can in my power to be healthy and whole. Um, but at the end of the day, there's not a doctor, there's not a person on the planet that can actually heal me or heal you. All they can do is treat you mm-hmm. and you have to your body has to heal itself. That's the way how God it works. designed it, yeah. Right. But even your body runs out of power sometimes and it can't heal that cancer or it can't heal that mental illness. It it can't do it. So your symptoms are being treated, your body's trying, but for whatever reason it can't. So then there's this layer right above that, that's that supernatural Mm -hmm. layer that's right above that, and it supersedes the natural. The spirit of infirmity has to go. And so I like to do both. I I like, if I got a headache, pray about it. I also could take ibuprofen, right? I don't want to take too much ibuprofen because that's not good for you either. Yeah. And so you're always trying, I'm always trying to work that balance. And I also think about it sometimes, doctors and nurses are not the enemy. In fact, they're they're gifted by the Lord to bring healing to our bodies. Absolutely. And sometimes those doctors, they're not sometimes, those doctors and nurses often are working in the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. by the spirit That's of really God good. in their talents and abilities to bring healing to the body. And uh, so I love doctors and nurses. I the doctors report the doctor's not the enemy. Mm-hmm. Like the some people, some Christians really get on doctors, like, ah, the doctors report, you know, like rah, like no, they're not the enemy. You know, what do they do? Just like that, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and uh, they're not the enemy. Doctors are our friends. Yeah. Doctors are doing a great work. Can doctors make mistakes? Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. Can doctors be wrong? Absolutely. I think that's such a good point about the fact that they actually are operating in wisdom and discernment. 
Yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah, you know, honestly, you'd, you'd be surprised sometimes the people that are actually operating in spiritual gifts are not not maybe as what you think is like prophets, you know, like whatever. Like these people are prophets, right? Prophets are operating the spirit. But I, I want to go back to the only, in the Old Testament, the only time that I could really find where someone was filled with the spirit was the artist that created the Ark of the Covenant. He was the only one oh, yeah. filled with the spirit. Yep. Everyone else, the spirit would come upon them. But he was, the Bible says he was actually filled with the spirit in the Old Testament. There's one little small debate there where I believe Joshua, it kind of hints that he was filled with the Spirit, but obviously, you can see it black and white, the artist that created the Ark of the Covenant, he was filled with the Spirit. The yeah. rest of them, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them. And I just think it's an interesting distinction, and that the artist, the guy working with the gold, was filled with the Spirit. Yeah. You know, the carpenter can be filled with the Spirit. The doctor can be filled with the Spirit to yep. do those jobs with excellence. So going back to the spirit of infirmity, yes, we need to learn our authority over demonic spirits, which mm-hmm. do influence sickness in our body. We have, we can overcome that spirit of infirmity just like Jesus did. We can cast it out. We can heal the sick with our with our words. But we also don't have to feel condemned when we're sick. We're going, trust me, people are going to get sick. In fact, death is a sickness that everyone gets to face one day. I hate to say that, but that's going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. 100% of people. There's been a few people that have been captured up in heaven. It's true. It's a very small list. Very small. Elijah. Who else? Methuselah? Maybe. There's another one who <laughs> was caught up in the spirit. Yep. We'll have I to can't look remember. It up. We'll have to look it up. Google it. Jesus. Jesus, yes. Got him. YOLO. There's another one. We'll figure it out soon. (laughs) I'll I'll think of it soon. It starts with an O, I think. Anyway, anyway. Point is, death is a sickness that comes against pretty much everyone. You know, and if you you feel condemned because somebody's saying, if you're sick, something's wrong with you, da-da-da-da-da, I just want to ask, like, just take a look at them. Do they have glasses on when they're speaking to you? It means their eyes aren't working right. They have wrinkles in their head, face. That means their skin's not working right. Like, we don't want to condemn people when they're sick. No. We want to encourage people yes. to use the authority of the Word of God yep. to take authority over that sickness. It's good. To, to go all in and pray audacious prayers of faith that only God can answer. Yep. Like, it's kind of nerve-wracking. I, I actually prayed for someone the other day who's, who's dealt with skin cancer uh, for 30 years, I would estimate. Mm. Started with 18 to they're probably 45 to 50 years old. They're just a little bit older than me. And uh, somebody that I don't often pray with, and I just said, and I know they're a Christian, but I said, you know, I don't think you have to deal with that forever. And uh, I'm sorry you've been dealing with that for so long. Can I pray with you? And we prayed. And uh, we're just, I'm just waiting to see what God does now. Like I, in the spirit, things are moving and they're cooking. But now we got to see what actually happens with our eyes. And yep. it's a done deal in terms in Jesus of name, yeah. like, God, you've done it. Now let's see the manifestation of that. Yeah. And it's a little nerve wracking, though, to pray for something yeah. that someone's well, been suffering for 30 years. The gap is it's not by might or by power. Right. It's by your spirit, says the Lord. Right. It's by God's spirit. You, yeah. you did the thing. We we're called to obedience. Yeah. You did that. And... It's up to God to do what only he can do. And like you said, the faith to stand in the gap of the waiting. Yeah. There's this song and called, He's in the Waiting. Yeah. And it's, there's waiting. We all have, we all are in waiting rooms in life in different things that we're mm-hmm. waiting on. And God is working. And faith is believing without seeing. 
You know, faith, that's the definition of faith. So that's where we get to activate that. Yeah. And I want to say nerve wracking. That's not being afraid, but that's my natural mind going, are you sure you want to step out in faith that boldly? Like it's challenging me to go, you know what? I have nothing to lose. Yeah. I'm putting, I'm proclaiming the name of Jesus and it's his reputation on the line. Right. Not mine. Yeah. And he'll defend his reputation. Yes. And ours, actually. He's awesome. Um, So in the beginning of this chapter, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about repentance. He's talking about how, what is repentance? And it defines it as changing your old way of thinking, turning from your sinful ways, and living changed lives. Then he tells a story, a parable. And he talks about a guy had a fig tree and it wasn't producing fruit. And so something was wrong with this tree. And he's like, why is it even wasting soil? Why why are you, why does, why is it even breathing? You know, like, why is it even taking up room on the planet? Dig it out, put it in the fire. And the, the vineyard keeper, he comes to the defense and he goes, well, give it one more year. What if I put some fertilizer on it? What if I give it some more time to bear fruit? And the, the, the distinction he's making is actually with people. So when we have repented, when we have done that thing to where we've turned to Jesus and we've said we can't do it on our own, not by might or by power, but by your spirit. It's not in our in our strength. We can't save ourselves. So we repent, and it literally means to do an about face and turn the other way. So I'm going that way without the Lord, and I decide to repent, turn from my old way, change my way of thinking, and I go this way, and I submit to God, and I obey him. In that process, there should start to be some fruit being born, right? So there should start to be a change in the way that I speak, maybe the change in the way that I think, a change in the way that I perceive things, a a change in the way that I treat people. Like that is the fruit that is being produced when there's real heart change and a heart repentance and and, uh, a a change, right? Yeah. So- um, Can I say something about that real quick? Uh, Fig trees, um, when they produce leaves, they actually, that's when the figs are starting to grow and the leaves actually cover the figs. Yeah. And part of this is it's showing off like it has fruit. It's like, ah, I'm doing something great on the outside, but there's no fruit hidden behind those leaves. And I think think often when we see fig trees in the Bible, it speaks of hypocrisy. It's Mm -hmm. people that like the front that they are doing well, that they like to post pictures of themselves on social media that their marriage is doing great, yeah. that they're not actually working on their marriage. They like to post pictures that they're rich, yet they're up their eyeballs in debt and they're mm-hmm. not generous and they're not sowing and they're not tithing. They're not doing things behind the scenes that no one can see but God. I think sometimes you see those fig trees, it's like, wow, I need to be reminded that what I do in secret matters and it matters when people see me in public, yeah. what I'm doing in private matters a lot. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And also, I think we need to balance that with, are we still human? Like, of we course, can yes. bear fruit and we can have changed lives, but then we mess up and we say that word that we're trying not to say anymore or whatever it is. There is mercy. There's a reason that Jesus is like, you get new mercies every morning because yeah. guess what? You're going to need it. Yeah, right? So absolutely. there's still that balance of, of like, course. we're yes. human. Mercies are new every morning. There's grace. Oh, my gosh, grace. We have to have grace in this process. Yeah, actually, I like this story of the fig tree because it's like, hey, let's give it one more year. Let's dig around it. Let's yeah. fertilize it. Let's right. give it another chance. I love the mercy there because one of the other fig tree stories is it was like, hey, that tree's not bearing fruits in Matthew. And literally, it just instantly withered, withered. away. Right? Yes. It died. And yeah. Jesus cursed a fig tree. It was like, hey, you're over here acting like you're bearing fruit. Gone. Gone. This one, 
I like it because it brings a balance to what you saw Jesus doing with his disciples. Right. Jesus was working with people for years yeah. to get them right. Three three years he spent with Peter, and he still wasn't right. Yeah. that's That gives us hope, right? <laughs> and you know what? Does it say three years in here? I think it does. Does it? I see one year, and if it bears fruit after that, cut Look, it Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Oh, Wow. I don't know, but That's maybe cool. this is a reflection I of his disciples. I, I don't know. I mean, it is it is a reflection, but I don't know if Jesus intended it that way. But look, he's been looking at these disciples for three years, and Peter doesn't have a lot of fruit. That's really good. I think maybe it is that. Oh I don't my know. Gosh. I mean, really could be. So I didn't this even year, read that. Dig around it and fertilize it. So Peter, he finally comes back to Christ, receives the power of the Holy Spirit, Next thing you know, he bears fruit. Yeah. And explodes. Wow. With, with anointing. That's really good. Could be. That's all. This, see how fun this is. Guys, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We're so grateful that you joined us, and we hope that you join us again uh, next week, Monday. We will be back doing this video cast, but we have morning breath every day. So we'd love for you to join us by reading your Bible with us and seeing what God breathes on it for you personally. We hope you have a great day. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Coca Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. 
I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.